great to be um, great to be with you guys today. And um, today's message is t- today's message links in with last week's, and so I think. Last week's message will give this one power. So if you haven't actually listened to last week's, come and speak to me about it and I can send you the links to that. Um, Last week we were speaking about being led by the Holy Spirit in our lives. This week we're going to be looking, continuing within this theme of sonship, but that we are heirs of God. Heirs of God, heirs with an inheritance. And so today, I, I just I want you to stand with me and just in your mind, stand on that kind of metaphorical rock of our salvation, that entryway into this life with God, where, where we stand there and we gaze out across this vast landscape of the inheritance that we've come into, this various wondrous inheritance full of valleys and mountains, lakes and forests of rivers and streams. That our inheritance isn't just one small thing that we can encapsulate in a phrase or in even on a few little pages, but that it's something that's been given to us that is vast. I, um, I forget what day was the typhoon. Anyway, the typhoon day, I had taken um, Christian, it was Wednesday, wasn't it? I had taken Christian Rich to the airport and um, we arrived there at 1.30 and the typhoon T8 was put up at 1.40. Um, and so I spent, I didn't want to drive in the T8. I spent um, many, many hours in the airport. I think I left about midnight in the end. But um, I decided what I'd do is I'd go to the IMAX because all great airports have cinemas, right? So I went to the IMAX to see what was on. And what was on? The Lion King. Yes, okay, we all love The Lion King. Um, And I had decided to preach on this before The Lion King. I haven't been influenced by Disney, but um, it's not a bad thing to be influenced by. Um, But uh, so I was, when I I watched it, I'm sure, Many of us, if not all of us, have seen The Lion King. Um, and there's that part quite near the beginning where Mufasa, whoo, remember? Mufasa is there with Simba, and, he look, and they're looking at their, across their, their kingdom. And, and they gaze across, and Mufasa says, everything the light touches one day is going to be yours. And Simba can't quite get his head around it. He says, well, everything that the light touches one day is going to, I'm going to be king over. I'm going to, I'm going to rule over. Um, and there's something within that. There's something just within that little scene that speaks to the thing that we're trying to grasp at today, trying to look at today, the enormity of what our inheritance is. And that's, that's this kind of heart, that as children of a king, that we would dare to take it up, that we'd dare to dream so, so big. <clears throat> Our inheritance is now and not yet. There's this, amazing, there's this amazing dichotomy. Our inheritance is right now, but also it is not yet. There's, a more, there's, there's always more. It's far grander and larger than we can ever imagine. I think far grander and larger than we imagine that we can actually live in in our todays, for our lives todays. And there are glories unimaginable for what awaits us in eternity. And so that's the big idea for today. This big idea is dare to take up your inheritance. Dare to take up your inheritance. Our core verse from last week was Romans 8:14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So we spent most of last week in Romans and a bit in Galatians, but a lot in Romans 8. I want to go back just nearly immediately after it, not to verse 14, but to verse 16. Romans 8:16. It says this: the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. How do we know that we're children of God? That's an important thing that, that we would need to know. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit, bears witness with our spirit. If you 
if you're a believer today, if, the, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you, you know there's this kind of knowing in your knower. You don't know how you know, but you know that you're saved. You know that you're in Jesus. You know that your last breath on this earth is going to be your first breath in eternity. What an assurance that that seal of the Holy Spirit, that you are safe in him. And now we're children of God. And as we're now children of God and we have the Holy Spirit, we've been brought into this place of sonship, that means we're now heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. How many times have we heard these verses? I know for me, so many, boom, we read through it and we carry on and boom, and we're on to the next thing. It can be so easy to just take what, read over these kind of things and think that's nice and maybe bring our inheritance down to something small and little that we'll get far, far in the future. Can cause us to taste maybe just a little bit of the blessing and be like, well, it couldn't be more than that. Step a little bit into that promised land and stop and say, oh, it couldn't be more than this. This is incredible. How could we ever ask for more than this? What is an inheritance? What is an inheritance? An inheritance on the earth is something that a mother or father or, or maybe somebody else leaves to you, leaves to a person after themselves. A, sometimes it's wealth, sometimes it's title, sometimes it's land. <clears throat> inheritance the Bible speaks about, it's a spiritual inheritance that's given by our Heavenly Father, that it impacts us spiritually, it impacts the spiritual, it's a spiritual inheritance, but that also impacts the natural, and it's wide-ranging in its blessings. Let's read Ephesians 1.3. Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for in our union with Christ, he has blessed us by giving us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly world not just some, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly world. If you try and get your head around that, you can almost make it pop because it's almost unimaginable. Well, it is unimaginable because I do not know the extent to all the spiritual blessings that there are in heaven. This inheritance, it may be too big to get our heads around. It's bigger than any other inheritance you could ever conceive of on the earth, even if you were to inherit the entire earth. And God paints a picture of this ultimate inheritance in Christ. And quite often through the word, we see reflections or things hidden within the Old Testament that get revealed in glory in the New Testament. So let's have a little look at this Old Testament story of inheritance. <clears throat> our inheritance is far larger than our salvation from sin which sometimes can be the limit that, we, that people put on, on this inheritance. Whilst our salvation from sin, it is the beginning of our inheritance. It's the beginning of what we've, we've stepped into. We are not just saved from something, we're also saved to something. Salvation isn't just about being saved from, it's about being saved to. Saved to a life filled with walking this incredible life of blessing and abundance and favor, saved to peace, peace inexplicable, peace in situations where you're like, how could, I, how could anyone be at peace in that? Saved to love, where it's maybe very hard to love, saved to a victory over darkness, Saved to lives of holiness, not by our own efforts or works, but by being led into that place by the Holy Spirit. The great salvation story in the Old Testament, when the Israelites, they are saved from Egypt. Remember the story, Moses, the Israelites, Red Sea, wilderness. The Israelites are saved from Egypt, from slavery and bondage. And they came through the Red Sea, didn't they? They, came, they escaped. They came through the Red Sea into the Sinai, into the wilderness. And God, by his grace, saved them from slavery. He saves them from slavery, from bondage. But then a journey that could have taken a number of weeks for them to have done took them 40 years to do. 
In fact, that whole generation that left Egypt, except Joshua and Caleb, died in the wilderness, never to enter the land of blessing, never to enter the promised land, never to even begin to step into their inheritance. And sometimes some believers are like this. They're saved. They're saved. They know Jesus, but they walk around in a wilderness, afraid of the giants of life. Remember, there were giants in the land. Afraid of the giants of life that actually God has won and declared a victory over, but that they're kept in bondage over all the things that they've been set free from. Maybe it's you today. Maybe you're listening to the podcast today. But actually, I think for many of us here in this room, and I put myself in this camp too, that I think for many of us in our kind of Christian walk, we're like the later generation, that Joshua generation, or the generation after Joshua, where they enter the promised land. There are giants at the borders that they face and they know about blessing and they know about victory. They've tasted and experienced this amazing land of blessing and then they stop. And so often guys, I think, and I'll put myself there, that we stop, we stop. We've got comfortable and satisfied with the portion of inheritance that's there. Or maybe we've been told by somebody else, you have reached the boundary of God's goodness. You've reached the boundary of what you can hope for. You've reached the boundary of this inheritance. What was the inheritance promised to the Israelites? What was the inheritance promised to God's people? Let's read Genesis 15, 18. It says, On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Deuteronomy eleven twenty four. All the ground that you march over will be yours. Your territory will extend from the desert in the south, to the Lebanon mountains in the north and from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. That is a massive area of land. It's a huge area of land. Our inheritance is broad. Our inheritance is big. Let's look at that. Let's bring up a map of it. The Euphrates goes up there. This is the Arabian Desert in the south and the Lebanon mountains here in the north. And they didn't take all of that. They didn't, walk, they didn't take over all of this area. They didn't march into all of that. <clears throat> they ended up settling for an area of land there, which also was promised to them, Canaan. They never fully took every single thing that was promised to them. Even under Solomon, it never extended that far. They were promised so much, so much, and told to take it, but they stop. And you know that if you know the Old Testament and the history of what goes on, there's a number of times where God tells them to do things and they don't, they, they don't obey. They don't wipe out a tribe that God says, go in and take over that land and wipe out that tribe completely. And they don't, and they intermarry. And God says, don't have other gods and don't intermarry. And they do. And then they have other gods and they followed other gods and they didn't live in the fullness of what God was leading them into. They didn't live in the fullness of their inheritance. In both those verses that we just read in Deuteronomy and Genesis, God gives them this land right up to the Euphrates here. Years later, Judah is taken into captivity. There's the, Israel's taken into captivity by Assyria, but where's Judah? Who's, who, who captives or takes captive Judah? They're taken captive by the Babylonians. Where's Babylon? Babylon is right there, right there on the Euphrates. It's right on the Euphrates. They're taken captive into a land that they were promised as their inheritance. And how many believers are taken captive by fear, by anxiety, and by worry when our inheritance is the opposite land, an inheritance of peace, of total freedom, of hope, of love, of joy? We have a very large 
inheritance. Let me read you this quote by Spurgeon. He said, the inheritance, he's an old preacher from the UK, the inheritance that God has given us to enjoy in Christ Jesus is exceeding broad, but we limit ourselves. All that we can think or desire is ours in the covenant of grace. There are immeasurable breadths and lengths, but we confine ourselves to close quarters. Guys, there is a lot in the promised land in Christ to still be taken, to still be walked into, to still be discovered. And so I guess it today is about just stirring this thought, stirring this expectation of what could be, not to settle, dare to take up our inheritance. See, on one side, there's this thing of adoption as sons. We must have We've been speaking about that over these weeks. We must have adoption to sonship. And we're made heirs, but living in that heirship, heirship we ought to have. You need to be an adopted child of God. You need to be saved from sin. But you're also saved to heirship. You know, I imagine if I was to present you with some kind of inheritance document that said there's an estate for you that we've just discovered actually there's a long lost relative and they've left this estate to you. It's a massive, it's a massive house, English countryside, hundreds and hundreds of acres. You would be excited. You'd probably be on a plane the next morning, be like, I think I better check this out. You know, there'd be this thing of excitement and anticipation within you. There would, there, would be, there would be a, oh yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to go there. There'd be aspiration of what could happen in that place. How much greater is our inheritance than a bit of land with some bricks put together in a nice way on it? How rich we are, how rich we are that we have God, God himself, that we are heirs of God. If you think about that, God himself is as truly yours as he is Christ's. That is incredible. And that we are co-heirs with Christ, joint heirs with him. An inheritance has been laid before us. And so I want to encourage us with great expectancy, let's begin taking up everything the Lord has provided for us. Why? When so much has been put there, would we not want to take possession of it all? I may ask, what's your aspiration in life? Some people come back and say things like maybe a business or family or different kinds of endeavors to be achieved. But I think a great question is, what is your aspiration from God, from the life that you've been saved to as an heir? What would your response be to that? What are the things that you're dreaming of? And some of those things that I just mentioned can be in that and part of that. I encourage you, aspire to the utmost that God can give. Aspire to the utmost that God can give. That we, I think one thing that I fear maybe is that to get to heaven at the end of my life and hear God say, you could have asked for so much more but you believe for so much less. All of this was open to you and you asked me for this. Seek holiness, walk wholly in the way of love. Discover the depths of prophecy and the, the extents of just hearing his voice for our lives. Pursue the working of miracles. Take hold of this land where day by day we're being more and more conformed into the image of Christ, that he becomes more and more alive in us by his Holy Spirit day by day, that people coming into your presence are coming into his presence are experiencing God from just hanging out with you. There is as well this beautiful inheritance of peace. And I think that's something that's so important for the world because the world today, especially Hong Kong at the moment, as we've got to be praying for Hong Kong, this inheritance of peace, peace in and through every area of life, peace that goes beyond all understanding. Doesn't mean that there's going to be no challenges. We know life has challenges. It's got its giants, but rather 
what we used to see as challenges when put into perspective and put next to our God and put next to his promises suddenly become a lot less. They diminish and maybe even for some of you, some of these things will completely disappear. See, where you, you used to see giants like Joshua and Caleb when they went to the promised land and they looked over and they were, were there with the other spies and the other spies, spies, all they saw was giants. And when they came back, these guys, Joshua and Caleb, all they, all they saw and all they stood on was the promises of God for their victory. That actually we move into a place and there's true peace there where these may be the facts, but this is the truth. This may be the facts of the situation, but this is the promises of God over that situation. And the, his truth is more important than those facts. See, when you live life as an heir, taking up your inheritance, living day by day in that blessing, things like provision, having enough. Sure, it's a fact you need it, but it's not gonna cause you to lose peace. When you're more concerned about taking up this inheritance of love and patience and gentleness and kindness and understanding and living in and from your true identity in him, things that in the past maybe had caused you to be angry and offended and unforgiving, they're just gonna bounce off you in a different way because those giants have been slain. And you know what? Sometimes, because where we're walking today, it can seem a bit intangible. It can seem like, James, that sounds just too good to be true. But you know what? If the God I read about in the Bible is God, and I believe he is God, and what a good God he is. He wants to give good gifts to his children. Imagine the wealthiest, best, most good man or woman on earth. Think what kind of inheritance they would give to their child. Now imagine God who has more and is more and is far more loving than they. How much greater is his inheritance that he pours out to us? The Lord has not given us an undesirable inheritance or even an average one. We are heirs to a very extensive and desirable inheritance. See, when the Israelites entered their inheritance, when they entered the promised land, when they crossed the Jordan, what was it described as? It was a land flowing with milk and honey, a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a land of resources ready to move into. Geographically, it's a great place for different kinds of natural resources where it's positioned. They entered in, into this land as well. There was no toil. They took over and enjoyed vineyards that they hadn't planted. There were olive groves there that they harvested that they, they had never tended and they had never seeded. There wasn't, there wasn't toil in what they were stepping into. You know, that's their kind of mind of the world, mind of religion, that you've got to earn it. Come to God and earn the blessing. Come to God and earn the favor of God. I think there is nothing more devastating to me when I'm chatting with people and sometimes uh, just hear those things that come out. You guys don't say it, so that's a blessing to me. Things like, I'm just trying to be a good Christian, or I'm not a very good Christian, or I'm trying to stay in God's good books, but that I'm just trying to be a good Christian. You know, that pains me because I completely missed it all. Those people maybe go to church every single week but maybe they're still in Egypt because the only way out of Egypt was by the grace of God. There's no other way out. Through the impossibility of crossing that sea, the Red Sea or the Sea of Sin, there's no other way out but the grace of God. See, not one person, not one person got out of Egypt because they deserved it. Not one person got out of Egypt because they were holy and righteous and they'd followed a bunch of rules. But God just decided that in his grace, he was going to save them.
that he saved them. See, not even Moses got out of there because of who he was. And it's the same with our sin. That's why Jesus came, because we could not cross that sea by being a good person. We could not come back to God based on being good enough. And so, if you're here today or you're listening on the podcast and your hope for your eternal life today is based on that you are a good person, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but that isn't good enough. It never was good enough. The Bible says nothing about that. So if that is your hope, got to change. We need to change our thinking, change our minds, repent. You know, when we repent, when we come to faith, there are two things we repent from. One is from sin. We repent from sin and we repent from dead works. All the things we tried to do to be good enough for God. There is no eternal life outside of God. The only way back to God through his son Jesus not religion not being a good person and Jesus took our sin the thing that made us not right with God and he bore God's judgment of your sin he bore it he took what you should have received and he took it upon himself on the cross and in its place he gives you his righteousness that's an incredible truth the waters part the sea, the Red Sea parts, and you walk from your bondage in sin, slavery in Egypt, through into salvation. See, if you've never received Jesus, you're gonna, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end. Let's pray together. Come to Jesus today. It's the most important decision you can make in your life. The Lord's inheritance, like our salvation, is toil free and unearned you've got to hear that because too many people think i need to be spiritual enough i need to do x y and z and then god will bless me with this thing or bless me with this thing he's never worked like that but that is a great lie from the pit of hell because when you try and earn something you are not operating and working in the inheritance you're do, trying to do something for yourself when the Israelites entered the promised land, they didn't even need to build homes. Think about that. They had lived in tents all their lives. Probably nearly all of them had been born in a tent, surrounded by sand. It's a pretty dry place out there. There's some oasises as well. But they'd lived in tents all their lives. And they come into this land of towns and villages and homes ready built they wrecked Jericho but forget about that did they deserve it no did they deserve it not at all but God gave it but also what did God give that they didn't take up how could the world have looked I think there was a lot of stuff they got comfortable they made compromises. Their focus stopped being on where the Lord was leading them into and what the Lord was saying. They disobeyed him. They followed other gods. What opportunity do we have set before us? What opportunity do we have set before us when we gaze out over the landscape of our inheritance? And I think with this topic of inheritance in our human nature, because we're all humans, right? It can be so easy to run the risk of just thinking about stuff, just thinking about money and success and wealth and that kind of thing. And whilst in, in some ways there is an aspect to that, we need money and there's a blessing in that we need to manage money well and steward money well whilst there is an aspect of that within the inheritance it's not the focus but it can so easily be like the big part we think of so that's where our heart is considering our inheritance and we've missed something and I challenge you in that 
See, our lives consist of not what we possess or what we lack. That is not what your life is. You brought nothing into the world. You will take no stuff out of it. It doesn't consist on what we possess nor on what we lack. It's not about the stuff. If you think how small and tiny all the stuff and all the money and all the riches and all the land and properties and all the world is to God, it's nothing. It's minute. I mean, he's already said he'll destroy it all. So it's just tiny. It's not a big thing. This life of abundant satisfaction in and across every area of our lives is found in Jesus. It's found in him. See, we shall find in Christ a fullness, a fullness in everything, a soul-filling satisfaction, a soul-filling satisfaction where it's all about him. Remember Paul, he speaks about just being satisfied in seasons where, of, where he has loads, where he's got nothing, where the, what, what, whatever the situation is. But that's because, you see, he knew, that, he knew that truth that it's not our lives are not about what we have or what we don't have. It's about who we have, him. See, we are part of his inheritance. We are part of his inheritance and he is part of our inheritance. We are given to him aren't we? But also, beautifully, he is given to us. And there is a, there's a mystery in that. But in the depths of our hearts, we know that it is only in him and through him that our lives as heirs finds its fullness. Thinking of our inheritance, thinking of everything we've come into by means of, well, means God's going to just sort out some cash for us, is so small. But actually, he is the fullness of that inheritance. Ephesians 3, um, 19 and 20, it says, And to know this love and surpassed knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I feel that's, quite a, that's pretty full of a lot of stuff. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. What a word. Filled to the fullness of God. Him working in and through us. To do more than we can ask or even imagine. No one can exaggerate the possibilities that lie before us as the heirs of God. So if anyone, if you've done this, drawn a line in the sand and said, this is the extremity of my Christian life. It couldn't get any better, can't go any further. The extremity of the possibility of what God can do in me and through me then if we're in that place and we make a mark, however subconsciously, and we say, we can't go past this, and we do that where God has set no boundary. If that's you, you need to take a moment today and remove that barrier, erase that boundary. Or if you've made a boundary there, step over it. Don't allow anything, whether it's past experience, doubt, fear, unbelief, to stop you, stop your expectation, stop your aspiration. Because within that, we'll be found to be limiting him, limiting what he wants to do in our lives, limiting the Holy One. Who are we to put, one, to put limits on the wonders that he wants to do in us and through us? And be careful, especially if you're new to faith, to believe that a boundary exists because of a label that you've put on yourself or someone else has put on you. Don't say, well, I'm not a pastor, or I'm not a leader, or I'm just a new believer, I'm just a new Christian. These things never, they never diminish your identity. 
never diminish your identity because see your new identity is not based on you it's not a work it's not a work of time or your own efforts or your title but it is a miracle of God who has raised you and has made you a new creation and the Bible says has seated you in heavenly places, that he has filled you with the Holy Spirit, adopted you into sonship, made you his child and calls you his heir, an heir to an inheritance completely unimaginable. All that is in Christ is for all believers. All that is in Christ is meant for all believers and therefore all believers may have all that is in Christ who is all in all Jesus has given authority over all things we looked at that last week on heaven and on earth it is his so in a sense it is ours that's part of the inheritance and part of our destiny as children of God, led by the Spirit, living as heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. I want to read to you from Hebrews 1. No. Yeah, Hebrews 1, 1 to 4. It says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things Jesus is heir of all things he has inherited all things and through whom also he made the universe the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs Jesus is heir of all things and so as co-heirs in our sonship we are heir to all things it's hard to wrap our heads around but our inheritance like the Israelites is broad and vast it's further than we can see and in truth it's beyond the boundary of our imagination these Israelites who are entering the promised land, who have been born in a desert, what, what, was the pro what was God promising them? It was probably completely at the limits. These lands who they'd never even been to, that they couldn't conceive of. They didn't have Google Earth or something to check it out. You know? It was probably at the limits of their imagination, maybe even past that. And what we're talking about, we're talking about all things on heaven and on earth. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Spurgeon wrote this. He uh, preached a message in 1889 on the 12th of May. And he said this. He said in he about that passage, he said in Hebrews 1-2, we are told that God has appointed Christ heir of all things. Then we are heirs of all things heaven and earth time and eternity anything that you can conceive of the things that can be named and cannot be named things conceivable and inconceivable finite and infinite human and divine Christ's property extends to all and we are co-heirs therefore our rights and our property extends to all things whatsoever they may be Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 3, 21b to 22. He says, all things are yours. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours and you are of Christ and Christ is of God. What an inheritance. All things. That is an inheritance that we enter into and will understand more fully and probably understand only as we are led by the Holy Spirit. See, last week we spoke about being led by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, to discover and live in the depths of our inheritance, to be able to imagine the unimaginable, to be able to see the unseeable. The only way to live in that place is to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
So if you're here, you're listening to the podcast, and I want to bring it back to this again, and you were getting excited about resources and wealth and provision, you know, that's great. Those things are blessings. But that's the small stuff. It's the jar of spare change at the doorway of the house of our inheritance. See, I can imagine a lot of stuff. I can imagine a lot of land and money. You know, what excites me is right now, it's the blessings, it's the wonders that I can't imagine, but that have been promised. That's exciting. Hebrews 1.4, and we're coming into land, guys. Hebrews 1.4, we just read it, but just to remind us. It says, so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. This word in Greek um, for name is onoma, which uh, means name, authority, essence of person. And that the onoma is the manifestation or, or the revelation of someone's character. It's the same word that they use in Philippians 2. Philippians 2, 9 and 11. It says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus has inherited a name above every other name. What does that mean for us as co-heirs? You know, we bow the knee. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It means that whilst we bow the knee, it's also brought us into a place of great privilege, that Jesus' name, his authority, is above all things. You know what? In John's Revelation, it says that Jesus writes this new name upon us. In Revelation 3, 12b, it says, I will also write on them my new name. And to t- tell you the truth, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't understand that. Or I don't understand the extent of the implications of what that means. But I do know, as children of God, we've been given permission to ask anything in his name, in that name. Jesus has opened up the fullness of his authority and is standing, his name for us. See, the name of Jesus isn't a magic word. It is the name above every other name, the authority above every other authority, the, f- the fullness of God. Jesus doesn't hold anything back. He completely opens the door. In John 14, 12 to 14, it says this, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Guys, as we step out and we ask for things in the name of Jesus, it is, he's going to do it. Not, Not for any particular just random reason, but so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then then verse 14, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. It says it twice there in two verses. And Jesus keeps repeating this through chapter 15 and through chapter 16. He keeps telling his disciples the same thing. Ask anything in my name, my father will do it. Ask anything in my name and it shall be done for you. He wants them to get it. It's not a throwaway, uh, well, maybe he doesn't quite mean that. He wants 2,000 years later for us to be able to know he really meant that. He really meant that. Ask anything in my name and it shall be done for you. And in these three chapters there, there's this real theme of ask anything in my name. And alongside that, there is this other theme that keeps coming up. And it is the coming of the Holy Spirit. There are those same chapters where Jesus says, ask anything in my name. And also saying, it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit comes. And it's all about this life in the Holy Spirit. And in John 16, 
See, where those themes are running together, he says this, when, however, the Spirit comes who reveals the truth about God, he will lead you into all truth. He will lead you into all truth. And so, guys, just to end, I want to circle and almost encapsulate this thing we spoke about today in last week, that taking up the fullness of our inheritance comes out of being led by the Holy Spirit. Taking up the fullness of our inheritance comes out of being led by the Holy Spirit. That's the application. Because I think that's the big question. How do we do that? How do we live in that place? Not by your own strength, not by wishfulness, but by being in the presence of God, being filled with the Holy Spirit, listening to his voice and asking him to lead you into its fullness. Listen to him. How do we live in our inheritance? By the Holy Spirit. He will lead you into it. He will lead you into the unimaginable or help you imagine the unimaginable. He will help you see that which you have not seen and could not see. Guys, I just want to pray and then, and Sarah, maybe come up and we're going to, um, we're going to go into response time. Just before I pray, if you're here today and you know, even if it's been subconscious, that you've drawn a boundary in your life, you've experienced some great stuff maybe, you've experienced miracles and amazing things, but maybe you were only taught that's the extent to where things can go. If there's something there that's been limiting your expectation of the inheritance that God has for you to walk in, just now, between you and God, I just, I just want to encourage you, just remove that. So, just rub that out. Just see that line being gone. Open up the possibility. And decide yourself to be led by him. You see, it's not us trying to go down some weird kooky paths. This is about actually us getting deeper into relationship with God. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to live a life led by you. And not limiting where he's going to lead you. Not saying, mm-mm, that can't be Christian because... I've drawn a line here. So guys, let him lead you today. And if you started that last week, say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Just you two together. Maybe you've been, you got to that boundary together this week and you stopped. Just remove that boundary because there is a beautiful land ahead of you. Like at the end of Narnia, further up and further in, further up and further in, into him. Hey, into him. If you're here today or you're listening to the podcast and that picture of just the Israelites escaping Egypt and coming back into the back into the escaping from slavery going into the wilderness spoke to you if you're like I've just been trying to be a good person I need your grace God if that's you and you know you need your grace it is the most important decision you could make in your life I hope that you would have another opportunity to make that decision. I really do. But maybe today will be the last opportunity that you would have to make that decision. I encourage you, come to him today. Let's pray this prayer after me, if that's you. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for paying for my sin upon the cross. I receive your free gift of salvation today. Thank you for saving me from my sin. And thank you for saving me to new life in you. I make you Lord of my life and choose to follow you from this day forward. 
in your name. Amen. Guys, we're just going to have a time of prayer. Could everyone just close your eyes? Just so there's just a moment of privacy. Guys, if there was anybody here who prayed that, just as everyone's eyes are closed, could you just put your hand in, in the air if this is you coming to faith or coming back to faith? If you're on the podcast, please send us an email, message in through the website. We'd love to connect with you. Guys, I'm just going to pray, and then some of us are around, we're going to pray. If you would like prayer for something specific, just keep your, put your hands, palms facing upwards, um, and we'll just come around and, and pray for you. Father God, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for this moment, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for for the inheritance that you've given us. God, that you put no limits on where you can lead us into, the things that you can take us to. God, I I thank you that you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Jesus, I thank you that when you were on the earth, God, that you said, be anxious for nothing. Lord, I thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, that you are the Prince of Peace. And I just pray over each and every single one of us, guys, that you would be filled with the peace of the Prince of Peace. I just bless you with that. I bless you with the knowledge of the fullness of your inheritance. Lord, I pray that we have courage to follow you. Follow you into the lands of giants. Follow you into the land of the giant of fear and judgment follow you into the land where we maybe feel we can't walk into that place. Lord, and I just pray peace on every single person here and as we walk out this week with you, God. Lord, I pray that we would just know you, Holy Spirit, so close. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, fill us afresh. Come, witness to us where each and every single one of us are at in our lives, in our journey with you. Let us hear your voice today. Amen.